Good morning, everyone. This is Amanda, the Emotional Strength Trainer. Thank you for joining me today for our morning stretches, mind stretches. And today's uh, video is going to be talking to you about soul agreements. And I'm really excited about this one. I have spoken about it a number of times before, and you'll hear me say it when I'm doing my uh, videos. Uh, but today I've had an inquiry in uh, the group with a new member of eSchool who would like a bit of an update or a, a, a small lesson on what a soul agreement is. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So while we're waiting for some people to come on in, I'm just going to share this video out to a few people. Uh, share in a group we're going to go into the lovely YDF live group there's lots of you should go and join that one because there's a lot of good um, people that post videos there all the time hello Peter thank you for joining so this is going to be a brief lesson it's quite a detailed concept and there's lots of uh, different ways of having this show up in your life and I also want to give you a little pre-warning sometimes this concept is it can feel like a bit of a kick in the guts when it's new to you and when you have to realize uh, what you bring to the table with your soul and your agreements and this <laughs> I know when I first learned about this one I was just like oh and if I'm completely honest there's still parts of my agreement with uh, the, the souls that my soul chose in my life that I have big issues with. <laughs> I want to sit there and why am I um, <laughs> having to live through this? What was my soul thinking? Okay. Hello, Sue. Hello, Anne. All right. So I've shared that around. I want to probably, I shouldn't need to share it into my e-group as well, e-school, so that... Uh, the beautiful member in there that wanted to know about it will be able to watch. Sharon, if you're watching, you can come on and have a look. Soul agreement lesson. Okay. So let's get started. All right. Make sure this one can be a little bit heavy. So make sure you have some water handy uh, and do take some deep breaths. <laughs> As we get going now soul agreements aren't um, bad they're not uh, they're not here or they they aren't a, a law a universal law to make us feel bad or anything like that but what they can do is help you understand and come to that place of surrender that you hear me talk about so much that when you have a soul agreement in place with somebody else uh, and actually soul agreements can extend to animals as well uh, it can push you into a corner sometimes. So um, I'm just going to take these off today. So I apologize if you leave a comment. I'm not going to be able to see it. Oh, my eyes are rub rubbish these days. All right. So let's get uh, scratching. Look at that. Trying to grab my glasses. They're not there. Okay. Hello, Cassie. Everyone has a soul. Okay, so if you ask the question, when does that soul know to come here to live and have a human experience again? Now, some people may not believe in past lives. 
Uh, I'm operating from the premise that we do have past lives. Some people have had many past lives. Some people haven't had so many at all. And their level of innocence is quite extreme. So it's that personality part of you. And then when your soul experience here is done, it goes off to um, another plane. And often that your soul hangs around for a while and, and does its job looking after the soul agreements that are still left behind for a while until your soul gets another job and off it goes. Now, often in my experience of uh, learning about this, often soul agreements can happen a number of times over a, a great many lifetimes. And uh, that's part of, you know, if you ever have a past life reading, and I've had a couple and they're quite profound. Uh, I remember one that I had, um, it blew me away. Like I learned to speak Portuguese um, a few years ago when I worked for a Brazilian company and um, it was really easy for me <laughs> to pick it up and even my pronunciation and uh, the teacher was saying, have you spoken Portuguese before? And I'm like, no. And back then I'd had, I had a, a past life reading that said that um, I was a, a writer in, in World War II and had gone to live in Brazil because of all the stuff happening in the Nazi regime and that sort of thing. And it, she didn't know me anything about me uh, except my first name. So it was quite unreal. Anyway, that's the bit of the woo-woo unicorny stuff <laughs> that comes with souls. So what uh, we need to understand when we look at soul agreements is that our soul has an agreement to come here this time. Now, our soul chose our parents to be our parents. Now, that doesn't matter if you've, sorry, you've got birth parents and then if those birth parents didn't want to bring you up or couldn't bring you up and you're adopted, then you have another set of soul agreements very early in the piece, okay? And it's the same with children. When our children choose us to be their parents and it's it's like when you look at um you know siblings and things like that i remember saying once to my husband i'd keep going on having children just to see what they look like because i do love genetics but also the difference in personality types and uh i know that i experienced that in my family from a really young age i used to question whether i was you know i, I used to muck around saying i think my mum and dad bought me in the frozen section at the supermarket <laughs> because I just didn't fit in. Our mindsets were different and all of those sorts of things, but I looked like my parents, so I knew that I wasn't adopted. <laughs> so the soul agreements start from the minute a child decides to come into the family. Let's start it from that point of view. So you as an individual, your soul chose your parents to be your parents. And that means like the, the universal teaching around a soul agreement is that your soul came here to experience certain things with these soul agreements in your life so that you could learn uh, and grow through different aspects of who you are. Then as you, so you're here, you've got a soul agreement with your parents and therefore you will also have a soul agreement with your grandparents and the rest of your family tree. So part of that soul agreement is genetic 
memory, genetic experience, genetics from how you look, those sorts of things. Even if you're adopted, that can still factor into um, what is going on. In my biggest dreams with my work, uh, by the time that it's time for my soul to go off somewhere else, I'm hoping that adoption agencies will gather as much information as they can about birth parents and their family so that when that child is ready, they're able to have that um, genetic life story so that if they need to do any uh, healing down the track from illness or those sorts of things, they'll have that information. It won't be a guessing game. So then... You have siblings show up, so you have a genetic, sorry, a soul agreement with those siblings as well. So if you think about it, it's like, why did that soul decide to be my brother or sister? Why is that soul going through life in such a different and profound way to how I am? Why can't we get along or why are they so aggressive or those sorts of things? It's all a part of your soul's journey with being here. Then, as you get older and you have uh, best friends, you have a soul agreement with those best friends. Then as you get into partnerships and things, you're, you have a, a choice or an active soul agreement with that partner to play out whatever is happening in your life. Now... The grounded part of this, and especially as you start to get into making choices, uh, this, this is where your free will can kick in. And free will just means you have the right to choose or, or decide. And as we wake up or are being awake in our choices, we get to be evolved in that space. Now, this is where I want to bring in a little bit of neurology. Uh, I had been saying for years that a person's brain or a girl's brain um, stops growing when she's 24 and a boy is about 25, 26. And I saw a leading psychologist speak at my son's school earlier this year, and it's actually 23 for girls and 27 for boys. So part of your free will is going to be age-based and also brain power-based on the choices that you make. Now, there is a concept just to, to give you an, an idea of soul agreements based on what you've lived and what you've learned and what you attract into your life. Uh, there is a notion that girls marry their fathers. And I remember um, when I married my first husband, it went very pear-shaped after the first three months. Now, leading up to that, my sole agreement as the eldest child of and the eldest of my generation and sitting there and having to be a good girl and do the right things and my parents um, controlling a lot of what I was allowed to do and what I wasn't allowed to do and who I was allowed to be, they had portrayed to me that they had the most successful marriage under the sun. And I knew their story back to front. I like family history. So I had um, gone through all of their, you know, asking lots of questions and understanding. And my parents met very early, like uh, 13 and 15. They got married at 17 and 19 and had me at 21 and my sister at 23. 
and so 21, 23, 23, 25. So because they had portrayed to us that their life was so perfect, I thought I'm going to emulate what they did because it worked for them. So first boyfriend, first everything. Um, we decided to get married really young, uh, built a house, all of those sorts of things. And three months later, it went down the tubes. It started to go down the tubes. It took me six years to be able to get away from that relationship. So... When this notion of little, like girls marry their fathers, I just went into this whole, where did I go so wrong? Because it appeared that my first husband was nothing like my father. And again, this is where the soul agreements come in to help you understand conditioning, to understand uh, where we're supposed to go in our lives to be able to heal and, and understand different aspects. Now, when you're looking at... Uh, being an evolved parent and you're wanting to look at your relationship with your children. Again, this soul agreement aspect, especially for parents who, um, who personally develop and wake up or have had childhoods where they're like, I'm not going to let my kids have the same thing. Now, to be fair to the previous uh, generations, they're pretty much the same. I know that my parents both said that they were never going to let uh, my sister and I lived through the things that they lived through, and they didn't. They they gave us a very sheltered uh, existence and um, protected from the outside world to the point that when I had to go into being an adult, I was very ill-prepared, which isn't a bad thing. There is, you know, when we were young, no fighting, no alcoholism, no drugs, um, hard-working parents, very hard, like work ethic was very good, very hard, disciplinarians like my father was hypersensitive all the time we couldn't you know walking on eggshells that sort of thing and we had a nice house and nice things so when and they didn't both my parents didn't have very nice childhoods at all um, and made that choice to to live that way themselves and made their free will kick in we will not allow our children to go through these things so as parents with our children that go into hypervigilance around I can't let my kid go through this or when they do go through something and they're suffering people that are personally developing tend to sit there and I'm ruining my kid's life they're going to be wanting you know therapy for years because of me and then the kid starts doing things or their personality comes through their soul starts doing things and you're like where have you come from? I know that more than once have I described my children, especially when they were younger, that they were like cocker spaniels off their lead on a six lane highway. And because my childhood was very controlled, we didn't step a foot out. And I was the eldest of my generation and my family and was given responsibility from a really early age. You're the eldest. You should know better, that sort of stuff. We weren't allowed to put a foot wrong because we were also frightened of getting smack. Whereas my two weren't brought up that way. So like I remember my youngest, if he used to fall over and, and hurt himself, he would scream like somebody was trying to cut his throat. <laughs> and we're like, where, where have you learned this behavior? We, this has not been, you know, you know, like um, 
dogs when when a dog has a litter of puppies and if the male dog is around or the female dog's around see we we have a male dog um and he only had the points of reference of his mother so he actually pees like a female dog because he never had a male dog to teach him how to pee like a boy dog so it was to bring that kind of story in that's what i i mean about when my kid is screaming his head off because he's cut himself or or fallen over it's like who taught you how to be like that it's his soul this is the stuff he brought with him um my my youngest is very um tactile so when he feels a nice surface or something like that he's always got it's almost like ocd kind of things it's it's quite funny but we get to tease him about it now but when you're an aware parent you sit there and you think where has that come from oh my god and then then as part of your soul agreement with that child that child is going to do things that are going to trigger the living f-u-c-k out of you because you're sitting there not wanting them to have the same experience you had because you've got all of this memory this traumatic memory so I've done an extraordinary amount of work in my lifetime around um, people pleasing and then I've got one of my children is a people pleaser. I had to, my people pleasing was born from a different reason so I'm sitting there watching him and to the point last Friday driving him because I was really angry about his use of technology driving him to school and went to that place of saying I don't want you to have what I lived through by you giving up valuable time to better yourself by sitting there playing and being on Snapchat all the time doing meaningless things. And I had tears and stuff like that because that's how painful it was for me to see that he could be wasting his life. But, you know, he's, it's only been a short amount of time. So in that that soul agreement this is where the gratitude can come in for the soul agreement about what our children can teach us our kids are our biggest gurus and we can go through that process understanding and looking at who they are as humans because that's the difference you know we are born from two completely different people than our spouses or the the father of our children are born from or vice versa our wives so you've got all of these different influences that can kick in this is another reason why i like doing family history and understanding family history like when my youngest son was born he had these funny um ears and i'm like god where did they come from and then one day i was flipping through photos old family photos and here was my great grandfather in the 1800s late 1800s early 1900s um, in a photo and I'm like there's the ears so that's like one two three three or four generations and then these ears turn up with my kid so you have to recognize where these past genetic links and behaviors may be coming from because that's also a very big part of it then you have the etheric soul agreement things that this a soul will bring things with them from past lives and if you buy into the notion that souls have uh, been together over many lifetimes and they don't always come as parent and children they can be husband and wife they can be child parent those kind of things they come here to be healed and this this uh 
generation, those of us who are here in our life now, this generation is the most awake. Look at what's happening with these students in the US. They are now going to 17, 18 year olds, they're standing up and they've had enough. So it's this generation of being awake, being aware, understanding free will, not just plodding through life thinking that that's the way it's got to go. And you can start to really tap into what it is that you want from life and then use your free will to be able to say, you know what, I don't want to experience that this lifetime. I don't want this to be your reality. And using your words to speak this to your children, but also, and your parents, taking your hands off the wheel because you can't always control things. Our children aren't carbon copies of us. They are reflections of us. And then as we teach them and do our best to give them um, a broad view of life, we can do that. So if you think about your personal situation and the things you grew up with and the things your partner grew up with, where that has dictated your behavior and then how that has influenced your relationship with your children and then your children grow into their life through the incidents they've lived through and their friendships and all of those sorts of things and they make choices and behaviors. So you get to sit there and what are, what are you teaching me? It's a great question to ask your children. Often we have to teach our kids and do our best to guide them and show them through, but they, we don't own them. They're, they're there, we're doing our best. They chose us to give them the best chance at going through life. And it's no good looking at other parents and judging them or carry, um, or comparing with them. It's none of our business, okay? When And I, I don't want to... Um, poo-hoo completely looking at other people without compassion or um, understanding or whatever. But it's like if some somebody else in your life is going through things and their kid's gone off the rails or the parent's off the rails and you're helping support the kid because the parents are not coping or anything like that, judgment's not going to do any good in that situation. But having understanding that, well, you know, whatever has been dished out in their life and then the sole agreement you have with them is the one that's stepping up and helping this child or those parents go through life and have um, a better chance of coming out the other side. Okay, so do you get that concept? Soul agreements come in many shapes and forms. You'll have a soul agreement with a boss. You'll have a soul agreement with a neighbor. The, um, the parts of our lives, when you, same thing with friendships, like at the moment, um, the energies at the moment are very skew if. It feels like there's this energy of like, there's no point why am I trying so hard? There's, this is just ridiculous. I don't think I um, feel the same way. There's a lot of people who are blowing up relationships at the moment because they are not doing the work and they don't understand that it's just a phase. So they're questioning things and destabilizing things because they just don't know why they're feeling this way. But as part of that soul agreement, you sit there and say, what is this showing me about myself? We can't control other people. We can control ourselves. So when you have a human experience going on with somebody and they are stretching you, the best way through it is what is this showing me? 
about me? What is it that is okay and that is not okay? What's the, um, where, where do I need to let go of the steering wheel to let this car drive itself? Like you can put your foot on the accelerator and off the accelerator, but let the universe steer, okay? That's what boundaries are, all right? Now, as, as I was speaking about yesterday, you can uh, absolutely dictate how a situation is going to go by how you handle it. You can sit there and go off your trolley at somebody um, half-cocked because you've only got so much information. Or you can sit and start asking the questions. You know that the, that saying, don't be judgmental, be curious. So part of your soul agreement and part of your free will is handling things as they show up in a voice of reason way so that you're not having to pay the price of everything going to shit within a really quick amount of time. Now, the other part of soul agreements that you need to uh, understand in this energy of this year, because I'm calling it the year of coexistence, is that if you don't start speaking your truth, if you don't start speaking uh, through your vulnerability in these soul agreements that you have, the universe is going to force your hand. This is the year to coexist with everybody. There's no time left for fake or inauthentic or um, people-pleasing because as I've spoken before about people-pleasing, it's nothing short of manipulation. And I know that people-please, I definitely know that when I was um, sitting there getting through my people pleasing when that notion of I was manipulating situations I'm like oh I was trying to make sure everybody was okay but who am I to know what's okay for other people you know that's that's why people pleasing is unsustainable and people pleasers always come out on with the raw end of the stick so when you're sitting here at the moment looking around thinking what the actual F-U-C-K is going on, you're asking the right question to start with, but you're also trying to control the steering wheel because you think any minute the car's going to drive over the cliff. We have to allow, when a soul agreement is showing up, we have to allow that other soul to make their own choices and to show us who they really are based on what they are doing and how they're coping and what they're going through. And if you have done your intentions right, if you use your vulnerability um, capacity right, if you understand that some relationships are not sustainable and others are, you will start to relax a lot into what is going on around you and it will allow for the clarity that you need to start making some decisions for yourself. When, um, when you go too deep, like you're thinking too far down the track, it's, it's like mind mapping. You know how I've, um, if you've ever downloaded one of my worksheets or if you got a demanking uh, at Christmas time, there's the concept of you write the person's name in the middle or the incident in the middle and then you start to write bubbles out from it. That is a good way of managing what's going on with this soul agreement. Why are they letting me down? Why are they um, causing me to feel stress? 
because one of the things is you have to go into why am I feeling stressed about their behavior? They're not causing you stress, it's your stress. But you're allowed to sit there and say, I can't handle this anymore, I'm out. And if it's not part of your soul agreement for that to be over, then the universe will bring other situations in that will allow everybody's highest and greatest good to keep everything on track. Now, I want to put that into perspective for you. This is a an, um, part of my story where I had been people-pleasing and because of all of this um, stuff that I'd learnt, staying out of the distress of things until the person involved started to chuck me under the bus as a part of their narcissistic personality disorder. So this person was my father. I found out um, about a major uh, secret that he had been keeping when I was about 38. And for um, six years, I maintained a relationship with him and it did change the dynamic, but apparently at, my mother didn't know about it. So it was that significant. So I maintained the relationship and then I had a relationship with my father that was separate to my mother, even though they're still married and living happily as per how they made out to everybody. And then it got to a point when I was 44 that a whole heap of other things happened and I realized how far down the list I came on being nurtured through the process like I didn't matter at all the secret was that big that if push came to shove I'd be under the bus without question so as the child who had been people pleasing most of her life and being the good girl it was like all of that the, those decades of being the good girl and not upsetting anyone meant for nothing so I just said to my father, I said, I'm out. I, I can't do this anymore. So as part of the soul agreement between him and I, one day I just thought that would be it. We wouldn't have to talk. I'd never told him how I really felt about any of it. And then one day I went to make a phone call out on my phone and there was no ringtone. I'm like, oh, so I hang up and then hit the button again and then, because there was no Dalton, I went, hello. And he said, it's dad. And I thought, oh. And because of what I teach and what I live, I just knew. <laughs> I did. I rolled my eyes. I thought, oh, this means I must have to talk to him more. So he started the conversation and he said one thing. And I can't remember what he said. And I just exploded. Now, I have been the good girl for all of these decades, I've never spoken to my dad poorly and it just came out. It was just this marathon of verbal violence around who he was, what he'd done, how he had treated me, everything. And I swore at him. I've never sworn at him in my whole entire life. And then at the end of it, I didn't hang up. I waited for him to keep speaking because I hate confrontation. And then he showed me who he really was through that exchange where I was able to see this agreement is done. Now that is a, sounds like a negative, but it was a massive 
massive positive for him and for me. But I also know, because it's when I think about him or see a photo of him or whatever, I have neutral feelings now. There's nothing there. I don't hate him. I don't love him. It's just it's a man that I used to know. And that's a really good place to be when it comes to soul agreements that have stretched and, and tested you. I know that what I went through in that situation, and P.S. I don't have any relationship with any of my family anymore. I only, I had to, I've had to start again with my husband and children. But in that soul agreement, it's, I've broken patterns across seven generations. It's been a good thing. And for whatever choices they've made in their life, they're living their life without the pressure of having me in it because they know I know the truth, even though not, but not everybody else does. So do you see how kind that um, soul agreement ended up being for all of us because the stress that they would be living under that I would come out and go off tap and and air the, air the, the dirty laundry, so to speak. But again, that was their filter. That's why my father treated me the way I, he did because his filter was that I would chuck him under the bus Whereas all of that evidence that I'd given him across 44 years that I would never do that, he couldn't see it because that wasn't his way of processing it. So when I left that agreement and said, see ya, he can go off and live his secretive life, no problem, and I'm not involved. It's nothing to do with me. He can just manufacture whatever he needs to think that his life is okay now. That's the thing with soul agreements and why it's okay for things to end because the if the soul agreement isn't over, the universe will see to it that it will be handled at some other time. Now, I believe that my soul agreement with my mother is not over, but I believe that I won't see her again until my dad and perhaps my sister are no longer here. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm not driving the bus on that one. I know that whatever comes up it will be fine and I'll handle it at the time. So this is the thing. I share this with you in the hope that you'll be able to see these soul agreements that you've had in your family. Now, if you're in that place where you've got things in your family or in your soul agreement tree that have tested you and you don't know how to go forward with that, there is a process that I teach in my e-school group that I would love to encourage you to come and join us in there. Um, I'll put the link on here. Um, there is, if you're signed up on my newsletter, there is a, um, a special three-month trial or it's a yearly membership and you get an energy session every Monday. We've got another energy session, which is why I've got to go now to go and get ready for that one in the group um, in a little while. The process is is long. I'm not going to um, beat around the bush on that one. And that and it's the way we do it in e-school is very gentle, because um, soul agreements are our every day. Every time we're interacting, unless you're watching this from an island on your own that just happens to have a <laughs> a phone tower on it, you have soul agreements that you need to um, navigate. And uh, to have a helping hand to do that, it's a good investment in your health and happiness because unhealed soul agreements will make you very sick. And that can also be a part of the play if, say, you've got people in your family who, you know, breast cancer and there's a, a line of breast cancer. 
we can heal and cut the genetic energy ties with that through the energy work that we do in the group so i would love to encourage you to come along and join us there and i'll just quickly go now seeing as i put my um glasses back on to see if there's any questions um let me see here what do you put in the bubbles what do you mean there carla let me know hello dara hello sue natasha is here um what are you still there carla let me know what do you mean what do you put in the bubbles so hopefully uh that what i'll do is i'll wait um i'll come back and um put you can i'll find your question when you put it in there carla um and i'll answer it on the thread okay join eSchool so I'm just putting the link for eSchool here if you want to try the three-month one so with the three-month trial it's you'll get 24 sessions and three masterclasses so it's really cool giving and it's $197 Australian and one one-on-one -on -one session with me costs that much so uh, do jump on and uh, and consider coming in and joining us and uh, we will have a lot of fun getting to know each other and helping you feel more confident with living your life with these other humans around that might be doing your head in. <laughs> because be aware, if, you're, if they're doing your head in, it's a good chance you're doing their head in as well. And we can help you with that too. <laughs> All right. So have a great uh, day, everyone. I shall see you tomorrow. Bye for now.